Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The War on 74. This is podcast, I think it's podcast number eight we're coming at you with. I'm Chuck. Jake and Kat are here with me. Boys, how's it going? Great, Charlie. How are you? I'm doing great, Jake. Uh, Thursday night, just got done. Uh, had a couple margaritas. Um, now watching some football and uh, looking at some stuff here for the weekend. What kind of margaritas yeah. kind of mar- did you get, Chucky? Uh, the old frozen strawberry. You know, it's a <laughs> timeless tradition over at Fiesta Ranch. Yeah, that's a great. You can't, it's a classic choice. You can't go wrong with it. Can't go wrong with it. Big episode ahead, um, everybody. We got a big episode. We're going to. We're going to talk some college hoops. We got uh, uh, another guest that we're going to throw on tonight. Tony Wills, Illinois State basketball player and current Southern Illinois basketball coach, will be joining us. Uh, we're going to do a couple Christmas specials for you, a couple uh, All I Want for Christmas sports edition, and then we're going to talk about a couple of our favorite movies and traditions. We got Fun in the Sun. He's going to join us for a little bit. And then, of course, we're going to talk about some college football. Big conference championship weekend ahead. I'm looking forward to it. I got a few of the guys coming down. I think I think Cat will be over, but uh, uh, Brady Tibbetts, Jake Wolin, Nolan Sammer, Grant Fromm, uh, the boys will be in town for a conference championship. All right, before we get started, Country Club Barbecue on Farmington Road in Peoria, Illinois. They had the best Sunday fun day. They had the golf simulators upstairs. You can reserve their back outdoor heated, um, socially distanced beer garden with a nice fireplace in there at this time for your holiday party. I think I don't remember what their egg roll of the week is. Ethan, Ethan didn't get to me, get to me, but um, Country Club Barbecue, get down there. Um, I popped in there a couple weeks ago, had a great time. They got the Bell's Christmas sale on tap, and, and enjoy yourself uh, your weekend at Country Club Barbecue. All right, boys, uh, college hoops. Let's not spend a lot of time talking about that. We want to talk some football with the big conference championship weekend, but college hoops. Uh, ISU is going to start up uh, conference play this week, Sunday and Monday. They're going to play against. <laughs> Uh, Loyola opened it up against Loyola, who has to be maybe the conference favorites um, after A.J. Green going down for Northern Iowa. So we'll, we'll see what the birds are made of. It'll be a tough matchup, a young birds team versus a, a veteran group of Loyola. So look for that. That's who they got. Jake, what's Bradley got going coming up? Yeah, they got uh, Miami of Ohio um, on Saturday, and then I believe it's Tuesday they play Missouri. But uh, right now they're playing Jackson State. And real quick, I just wanted to touch on this because I've never seen this in my life. Uh, Jackson State, uh, their point guard just literally lined up for a through for free throw and just puked all over the floor. Blew my mind. Never seen anything <laughs> like that in my life. So uh, there's my quick update. And uh, Kat, what do you got? <laughs> Defense has him sick. There, Carver, we gotta watch out. You should you should uh-huh. you should have seen the officials. They went COVID crazy over this. I mean, it was a four, <laughs> it was a 45 minute cleanup session. Session. It was oh. unbelievable. Well, Illini bounced back this week. Big win over Minnesota. Sorry. Uh, big game coming up on Sunday. They have to travel to the State University of New Jersey, uh, travel out to the Rack, the Rutgers Athletic Center. Um, tough game there. Uh, Rutgers look pretty good. Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., they got a nice little team out there this year, actually. So um, tough game there. And then later in the week, I think they travel to Penn State. So interesting week for the Illini. Should get two wins, but Rutgers, uh, that they're tough. So hopefully we can pull one out there. And uh, we won't we won't talk about that bragging rights game, huh, boys? That was a that was a tough one to swallow there. I thought this is the year that we were going to get them, but um, defense and free throws and rebounding and uh, a bad flagrant foul call at the end, in my opinion. So I thought that was the difference in the game. Terrible flagrant. 
Yeah, that was that was that tough might be the worst one I've ever seen. The defender uh, literally it, hit himself in the head with Kofi's arm. That is the worst call I've ever seen. It's it's one thing if they would have called it live, and that's what it's called on the floor, and then they go back review it, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna stick with it. But to not call that live and then go review it and then say, oh, not we're gonna change this uh, to a figure one because as they said it was above the shoulders is uh was was brutal there should be a formal investigation those refs if they had mizzou i'm serious that was like how do you review that and decide that that's a flagrant foul like you said if they would have called it on the floor and not even replayed i'd be like okay maybe once they actually showed the replay and i got to slow it down that was terrible really bad really bad um but like you said line i bounced back big and then uh it's gonna be tough the big 10 is gonna be an absolute grind this year for for everybody there's not an easy game on the schedule really so, all right. Uh, so we got a little we got a little Christmas fun for you listeners this week. What we got is a little segment here called "All I Want for Christmas," and uh, it's kind of a sports edition. So, uh, what we're thinking is tell you one thing that you that we want for Christmas. Um, and and Cat, let's have you go first. Oh yeah, all I want for Christmas is I want college basketball to reset the fouls at the ten minute point in each half. Okay, I am sick of. First half, they usually let them play. I was watching the game the other night. They come out in the second half. Both teams are in the bonus about six minutes into the second half. That's absurd. That was the longest second half. I don't even remember which game it was I was watching. I think it might have been St. John's, Georgetown. But, I mean, we need to reset the fouls at 10-minute mark. We also, we also need to give college players six fouls. Okay? If the refs are going to be calling every ticky-tack foul, we need six fouls out there. These guys are playing 40-minute tw- games. That's way too long to only have five fouls. We need to – People want to watch the players play. We don't need them sitting on the bench. So it's not about the refs. So we need to reset the fouls for keep the flow of the game going. And we need six fouls, keep the best players on the floor. I agree, Kat. It's got, it's got not a hand with, it becomes just a free throw shooting contest in the second half or in the first half. And you just never know who's going to be on the floor. It just, it just takes away so much from the game. I was watching. I think it was St. John's, and I, I'm pretty sure I counted seven straight possessions. There was a there was a whistle blown, or maybe it was the Creighton oh. game. I think it might have been Creighton. One of those two games I was watching it was a Big East game. Seven straight possessions. Well, there you have it. That's what Cat wants for Christmas. He wants the fouls to be reset and uh, an additional foul given to each individual player. Jake, what about you, man? Yeah, you know, Chuck. All I want for Christmas is to is for the uh, the refs to and and college and in, in the NFL to, uh, to re- look, look at the targeting rule. I mean, it's gotten out of control. Mm. And, and kind of to Kat's point of the college, college basketball, I mean, you know, it's ruining, it's ruining games. I mean, you can't <clears> – <throat> we saw it last year, especially. Th- this game sticks out to me the most. Um, you guys remember last year when, when that Clemson linebacker uh, – somebody help me out with this last name. I know it starts with an S. Uh, anybody got that? No? This is your story, bud. No, okay. Clemson, Clemson linebacker in the uh, ch- uh, um, championship game goes through and, and has helmet-to-helmet contact. They throw him out for the game. I mean, how many opportunities is that kid in his life get? I mean, like Granny does play for Clemson, but I mean, how many opportunities do you have to, to play in a national championship game and you're going to take that from him? I mean, it's getting out of control. The games are getting completely changed by targeting calls. And, you know, I understand the, the reasoning for the rule, and, I, and I'm on board with keeping guys safe. But when it's changing the flow of the game and it's and it's just guys that are going in to make a hard tackle and it's not anything that's vicious or you know that's that's meant to be on purpose, there's no need to throw somebody out of a game. And and it's getting just too far. It's changing the games, and I just can't stand it anymore. 
I agree, Jake. I think there needs to be a kind of a different levels of it with, you know, if you went in there headhunting maliciously with intent to injure somebody, then yeah, we can remove you from the game. But there's so many times where you see a guy that, you know, somebody's fallen down or fallen to the ground and someone goes in there, goes in there hard and accidentally, you know, or unintentionally okay, go helmet the helmet, but they weren't trying to hurt and injure somebody for them to have to leave the game. And then, you know, second half, you got to miss some of the next game too. I think you're right. I think that is a little ridiculous. Now, in the NFL, they have, like, two levels of it, right? There's, like, a one and a two. Yeah. Well, college, is just, that's, they need to go to that for college. That's what they need to do. Because the, the, the point of the rule makes sense. I don't disagree with the point of the rule. But they got they can't, But in college, if there, there are different levels. Let's not throw everyone out for every time there's a small helmet element. Yeah, I mean – Okay, and then – by, by the way, I think that, uh, that linebacker's name was Skolsky. Is that right, Kat? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I know stuck. who you're talking about. I know about, you're talking I, about. I he was a badass. Yeah. I think still he's still there. there. Yeah, I think he's still there. Yeah, he is. 47. Yep. Look at him on yep. Look at him on Saturday. Stud. Check the tape. <laughs> all right. And then all I want for Christmas, for me, I got two things this year. All I want for Christmas is, one, I want the Illinois football program to make a home run hire. And I don't know exactly who I, – I don't have one person in mind where I'm like, that guy is, is who they need to go get for sure. Um, I know they got plenty of options out there, but I think it would be huge for them to go out there and get somebody that's going to turn the program around. And I'm not saying we got to go out there and win the Big Ten, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But at least give us something to be real competitive. Go play in some bowl games, recruit well, get the good best players from in-state, get somebody in there that's going to bring some energy and just kind of bring a little buzz um, in the champagne. I mean, they got the facilities. They got everything working for them. They need somebody in there that's going to kind of get it done. And you know, I never, I never hated on Lovey. I just didn't think he was the, the perfect uh, guy for that role. You know what I mean? But some names are kind of getting thrown out there. Um, you know, Brett Bielema. I know he was at Wisconsin, Arkansas. They're throwing his name out there. I don't know if that's realistic. Uh, they're talking about uh, Lance Leopold. He's the, he's the Buffalo coach. He was at Wisconsin Whitewater there for a few, few years, where he had all that success, uh, making them a D three powerhouse. And he's gone to Buffalo and really gotten them going. I think he'd actually be somebody good brings good offense um, in there. They're talking about Wisconsin's defensive coordinator, um, G. Linhard. So we'll see what they think. I, I don't know. I know there's ties to uh, Jeff Munkin. He's the Army coach. I don't know if uh, if um, if he's going to be a great hire. And people are like, well, you know, Army runs the triple option. Um, he's not only a triple option only type of guy. And he's got ties with uh, with Whitman, the the AD for, for the line. So we'll see what they do. But for me, I just want them to go out there and get somebody that's going to be the right fit and uh, kind of get that program around. And then the second thing I have real quick is I want uh, Illini basketball to make it through the season without any injuries. Give us a chance to have this same group um, play in March because I think uh, they have a high ceiling. So uh, that's all I want. Boys, anything can I, you, want can to, I ask you, you want to comment on that? Hired, yeah. If they hired Monken, what, what do you think if he, decide, if, he, if he said, hey, let's run a triple option at U of I? Do you think that that would be a good call, bad call, indifferent? Well, I mean, it would give us some kind of – at least we'd have an identity and, like, we'd be a different team to prepare for in the Big Ten. But I think we might have trouble recruiting if that's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to be able to get guys and say, hey, come on down and run the triple option with us. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's that's not right. that's not going to give you the best opportunity to go to the NFL. I mean, if you're, if you're a guy that's trying to go to the NFL and you're picking between – Michigan and U of I and U of I runs triple option. I mean, I'm going to Michigan all day long. So 
I don't know. I think I don't think U of I is ever going to recruit the five stars over Michigan, though. So, well, I'm I I, I you're recruiting I different kinds that. of players. I understand obviously. that, but I'm just saying if you're an NFL type guy that and you're on the borderline where you're you know you're like wow I really like Illinois. I'm just saying if you're running the triple option, it's you. I mean, big name guys aren't going to go there. I mean, that's just you're not going to go there and run the triple option probably. Depending on your position. Yeah, depending on the positions, right? So, and then I, another name that people were throwing out there, but. I think is I, I think it's a downgrade. Um, it's Luke Fickle, obviously Cincinnati's coach. He'd be the best. He's not leaving Cincinnati I, I, for U of I. That's what I'm saying. And, and people are saying that. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to leave um, Cincinnati where he's got a program number eight in the nation <laughs> to go coach at at U of I. So, um, with that being said, hopefully they just kind of get somebody in there. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. All right. Um, at this time, we're going to bring in our guest, and he is uh, an Illinois State former basketball player. He was a fan favorite for the Illinois State Redbirds. He's now an assistant coach down at Southern Illinois Carbondale, and that is Tony Wills. All right, and this time we are happy to announce that we have Tony Wills joined us on the podcast. Tony is a former Illinois State basketball player, a fan favorite at that, and uh, now is currently coaching uh, basketball down at Southern Illinois. Uh, Tony, welcome, man. Thanks for Thanks joining for us. Having- Thanks for having me, man. I'm uh, excited to be doing this podcast with you guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're excited. I've been blowing up Tony all week trying to get him on, and uh, <laughs> we're excited to finally have him here. So, um, all right. So, first thing, Tony, we just kind of want to talk about, we know you've been busy down there at Southern doing your thing, uh, coaching hoops, but let's talk about your time at ISU, man. Can you uh, can you tell the listeners maybe a little bit uh, how your experience was at um, ISU? Yeah, so basically um, – I basically started with my recruiting visit and like, um, so coach Ward recruited me. Uh, yes, yeah, so he was the guy uh, that uh, died in the plane crash. And then um, it was basically a sad time. He used to always like, even in high school, he used to come, come check in on my classes and stuff. So like that part right there, like it still kills me to this day, but as far as like the guys, the coaching staff, I mean, we was really close. It was like a brotherhood. Like I still talk to all my teammates and stuff weekly. Um, just just the memories we had there um, are just remarkable. Um, the trips, I mean, yeah, I've been to so many trips. I went to Barcelona in Spain. I went to Madrid. I went to uh Virgin Island Virgin Islands and played uh Cancun just so many places that ISU has led me to I mean but without basketball I mean I don't know if I would would have even been able to go there but you know basically what I said like my former teammates still talk to them all to this day uh we still have a great relationship uh there um I still actually um Still watch the Birds games. A shout out to them. They won today against um, Chicago State. So, um, yeah. yeah, basically that. Yeah, and you, and you talked about that tight group, man. You guys had, mm-hmm. man, and from, from a fan's perspective, you know, me and Kat, we, we watched all the games and we went to school when, yeah. when you did. So, it was awesome to have one of ISU's best teams go through when we were there. But, man, everybody from Paris to Teddy yeah. to Mikhail – I mean, you guys had just awesome. Yeah, that guys group all was so. 
a good we were so i mean because we've been through a lot together you know i talked about the plane crash we talked about the 6 a.m practices oh my god i mean them them were brutal (laughs) 6 a.m i mean losing road games practicing um yeah but um basically i mean we was like close like my senior year we were super close everybody was locked in we was all on the same page so I think that was one of the main reasons that we were so successful because all of our guys was hungry. We had great leaders and it was a player led team. No doubt. And I mean, and and watching you guys there, I mean, it was like, all right, Missouri Valley championship. Here they are again, Missouri Valley championship again. And, and you guys were just always right there. And, And the one thing that still bothers me to this day is I know that we lost, you know, to Wichita the one year, but, you guys still had like twenty nine wins yeah. or something like that, and uh, and we got left out of the tournament. What was uh what was kind of the feeling there? Was it was it were you guys kind of shocked or upset or what what was the the feel in the locker room after? Man, that's so we sick man to talk about it. I just had thoughts all over again about that, man. <laughs> I, hey, I didn't mean I didn't mean to bring up the bad memories, Tony. I just I, I'm I'm still upset. I still talk about it whenever I when I'm talking to all my Redbird fans, man. It just I don't know how they left man, left us um, out that year. Man, my heart was broken. I mean, that's every kid's dream to play in the NCAA tournament, and that was one of our main goals that particular year was to reach there. Um, it was just devastating. I mean, we was all in the locker room just watching the NCAA selection, and we could, we just knew that we was gonna get in, and just getting, didn't get in. Then we end up going to the NIT. Oh man, we it just the NIT. I mean, you guys were obviously like your guys. It was cool to play in it and stuff, but like it just it just didn't feel right. It was like you know we should be in the NCAA tournament, and now we got to play in the NIT. And um, I remember that watching that NIT game. Teddy pulled that three from oh, like yeah. half court. Oh uh, yeah, that was game. a big time shot. <laughs> I was like, oh man, they're out there just yeah, they're yeah. just having fun now, but. Uh, all right, so um, I know, man, we had such a success when you were there, and you guys are such a fun group. Uh, with Coach Moeller, how, how was uh, how was your relationship with with Coach Moeller and, and those other guys too? I mean, he seemed to he seemed to be the guy that got you guys in there as freshmen. I mean, and you guys Coach Moeller, all the way through. he's a great, great coach. I mean, he's really good on the floor. He's really good with scouting report. He's really good with player relationships. I mean, to this day, I still talk to him once or twice a week. I mean, just to pick his brain, just to talk to him for a laugh and giggle. Sometimes I send him, like, thoughts of the days and stuff that um, we used to do back in 2017 and stuff. Yeah, when we just talk and, you know, talk about family. Yeah, but Coach Muller, he's he's really good. I mean, we had a great coaching staff when and Coach Yacht, which is now the head coach, at USC. Yeah, Coach Yock, man. Yeah, he yeah, seemed he, like he was really important. I mean, he man. fired he fired us up before every game. He 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 Coach Yock, he knew a great way to motivate us. Like before games. I mean, he would have us fired up ready to play in that locker room. Um, yeah, we were Tony, we were actually just talking yeah, about Coach Yock before you hopped on with us. Just it seems like our defensive intensity and, and the motivation out there just hasn't been the same since he left. Oh uh, yeah. I mean yeah, it's it's kind of been tough, but I mean, I believe in Coach Muller. I know he'll get them guys rolling. I mean, he did it with us. I mean, 
it's a process, man. They got a young group, and I, I really think that he can turn and get that program back to where it was. Uh, you know, Tony, I'm just glad to hear it from you because, you know, you hear, you know, we hear from all the ISU fans and stuff about, oh, this and that, but, you know, there's so much more behind the scenes, and it seems like Coach Moore does just a heck of a job with, you know, like you said, that player relationships and, and, and being for you there yeah. off the court and stuff like that, and that's just some stuff that no, people just no. don't get and to see. And then we had uh, a Coach O, uh, Dean Oliver, uh, actually play, they playing yep. Lola right now. I was watching the game before uh, yeah, I hopped on. Yeah, but he was the guards coach. I mean, he's I mean he's re- really good at uh, skill development, player development, player relationships. I mean, I talked to him a lot, and he he helped me, you know, through my struggles and through my shooting slumps. I know he was always the person I talked to, and he used to tell me his stories and kept motivating me. And then we had Coach Reese. Man, I love that dude. Man, he used to work. Yeah. Coach uh, yeah, Reese, really yeah, good, he's good, he's awesome. Really good guy. Fires fires up, man. He's really good. I know. So right now, you know, you made the transition from being a uh, you know a player to now being a coach, being on the other side. And I know Cat kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about what that transition's been like from uh, from being a player to now now a coach, and especially going from. Uh, ISU to Southern, keeping it, keeping it in the conference too. Yeah, so, Tony, okay. I was just, you know, you you played for Mueller. He was young guy coming in. Mullins comes in, first time head coach, another young guy. You know, what are some of the similarities and differences you've you've had between those two? I mean, it's it's been an honor, of working with a coach Mullins and the staff. I mean, he's really good. Um, yeah, but they both yeah the similarities they both has they both defense. I mean. They are two defensive gurus, you know. Um, I really think Coach Mullins, I mean, he yeah. is really good. Like, he, since I've been here a year and almost a half, and he has, I mean, just taught me a lot about, like, the game of basketball, um, the game planning. Uh, I really love, like, how SIU here, like, we do personnel. I mean, if I, I think it's really beneficial for our guys the way we do it, and it make, helps them stay locked in on it. Um, you know, uh, just just on the offensive side, I mean, he he sees stuff and open actions and just basically just how to get guys the ball and just great actions for against the opponent, you know. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned him being a defense. I mean, yeah, he was two time MVC defensive player of the year back in his day playing. Uh, see, is he still the best defensive player in the gym now? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That might uh, be an hey, argument because uh, Tony can D up man, too, it's man. It's actually kind of close, man. But hey, one thing I love about uh, Brian, oh my God. I mean, it's just like how he demonstrates like the movements of how hard you got to play, how <laughs> – so we have this terminology called Lauren Long, and, like, he gets in that stance and demonstrates how low you need to be, and it's, it just fires me up, and I love it. Like, he, like he'll do the drill. He, like, he'll do it for a second. So like, show them how to do it at game speed every rep, every single time, and that that is, like, one of my favorites. 
like of him. Like it gets me fired up on the sideline. So, but but yes, he, but yeah, you know, it was it was just weird. <laughs> I don't know, man. First first team All Valley defense Tony was back in the day, and uh, it was just weird. You know, we went and watched the games last year to see you on the uh, on the opposing bench going against Aishi, man. Just didn't didn't seem right, but we're glad that it, that is going well for you down there at Southern. It seems like a good spot for you. Um, all right, we're gonna throw a couple quick quick questions at you here um before we get you off but what was your favorite valley gym to play in um besides redbird where did, where did you enjoy playing at what you guys I like say, come on you can't you, ask me that one but hey I took, <laughs> redbird's hey, too easy I, man where, you, where'd you fill uh, it up this, at the least favorite place i hated playing at was wichita oh my god i mean that place like you can't hear no play calls of when Coach Muller used to call the play calls, it was like the fans there in the student section was big time. I say it was big time. But, um, yeah. It's, it was intense over there, wasn't it, man? I remember flipping on TV, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't <laughs> – this is going to be tough for the boys tonight. I hope they can they can get it going. But, uh, you know, with you guys and those matchups of Wichita, man, I mean, going against Fred and going against Bacon – and uh, Shaq and those guys, man, it was those were great battles going back and forth. And uh, we always seem to get them in our de- place, though. You, you guys always, uh, definitely. And, and the fans uh, showed out for that de- one. Definitely too. couldn't lose to them on home court. Besides, I think we lost to them my freshman year. But yeah, de- yeah, there was some great battles. Yeah, uh, great team, uh, great coaching staff there. Um, my least favorite place to play. I hate to say it because I'm from there. Oh my God, forgive me. But um, probably Evansville. I just feel like that gym is so bad. And then um, it it, yeah. it it just has a like ugly so feel big. to it when you guys go and over then, there. Um, Indiana State, like it's so at Indiana State. I'm only saying Indiana State because it is so hard to win there. It is like it, I think I, out of my four years, I only won there once. You know. You guys just seen the struggle shooting the ball there. It was like, what is going on? Yeah. Why, what's, and they Definitely. always played so like well they at don't home. they don't miss at home. So that's. But um, cat, would you have you had something about? Yeah, yeah. From, about a, from a coaching too, perspective, huh, now in the valley this year, uh, you know what are what are maybe the two or three guys that give you guys headaches preparing for? Maybe the toughest guys to get a game plan to slow down. Are you saying that for like the valley? This- yeah, just Valley guys that you guys got for this upcoming year. Who are some guys you guys are, you know, going to be a challenge for you guys? Uh, well, um, you know, A.J. Green's out for the year, so. Right. Yep. So he had hip I surgery. Mean, that yeah, sucks. He, yeah, he hates seeing that. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. Really, really good player. I mean, he's, I mean, player of the year. I mean, he's really good. But, um, you know, you can't yeah. forget about Cameron Kirkwick. I mean, he's big physical. I mean. Yeah, does, yeah. does it all for his team. I mean, they they got a lot of returners. Um, they're well coached. And, you know, they just play hard and play the right way every single possession. But Cameron Krogwick, I mean, he's – I mean, does it all for them. No doubt. Um, okay, now how about this one, Tony? Who's the toughest – who's the toughest guy you had to guard as a player? Because I know you had to D up against – it seemed like whoever their best player was, you were ha- you were guarding them, man. You you always took the toughest guy the reins on that. Who, who was the toughest? Overall. 
Uh, Valley, Valley, or Oklahoma, whatever old. one you want. Damn, oh, I gotta think about this one. <laughs> um, tough. Um, I would say Jamal Murray was hard. Uh, Jamal Murray, I would say. Um, uh, did you guard? Did you was the Barnes was pretty good for? Yeah, Indiana State. Uh, Indiana um, State. What he was tough, wasn't he? And then Brenton Scott was good. Um, Anthony Bain was good. Okay. Uh, and of course. Uh, oh yeah, Chris that's Shamit, right. Fran Camp. You know Fred Van Vliet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Shamit, Ron Baker. Yeah. You had to guard them all. No, well, we, had to guard we them also all. had the player of the year, uh, Paris Lee. You know, I mean, me and him, you know, we was battling, you know. Like, we always motivated each other. No doubt. No doubt. And it sounds like Paris is yeah, doing and this I, thing overseas right now, huh? Almost at least try to talk to him three, four times a day. Um, try to watch his games and, you know, break them down for him. Yeah. And just send him a few little notes or whatever. Yeah, but he's doing really well. I mean, he's. He's doing really well. I mean, he's. Uh, and then uh, um, Teddy's trying to uh, trying yes, to get over Teddy's there and play ball too. And yes, in, he's been working out. Don't quote me on this, but I think he's in Italy. Yeah, he's in Italy playing. He's doing really well, okay. healthy. His leg and everything is feeling a hundred percent. So he's been doing good too. Macau's in. Um, good. I think Macau's in Belgium. I think. Yes. Where's Paris okay. at now? Uh, Paris is in France. France? Okay. I know he's bounced around a couple of places okay. over there. Yeah. So. He's been doing his no, thing uh, lately, man. I've been seeing his stat lines. It's been, it's been good yeah. to see, but. Yeah, uh, yeah he played for uh, Bamberg. Okay. Okay. Hey, speaking of Paris, okay. who's, got, okay. who's got the better hair, you or Peely? Oh, uh, Definitely me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Tony, hey man, we won't we won't keep you on here too long. We just wanted to kind of touch base with you, and uh, hey, we thank you for joining us. Um, it, it, it brings me back down memory lane, man. Being a big fan, we used to go to St. Louis and watch you guys and and attorney and be at all the home games and uh, <laughs> give us a reason to to drink and uh, and watch you guys on the road. So. Uh, we appreciate everything you did. I know you're you're an ISU fan favorite, so I know that the ISU fans will be glad to hear from you. And uh, we wish you best of luck down there at Southern. Take it easy on our, our Redbirds, man. We're young, but I think Coach Moore is going to get them going. So, Cat, uh, hey, you, you got anything else, for Tony? Here's our young guards that come for you. <laughs> hey. So, uh, hey, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate. <laughs> thank it. you for having me. Um, and by the way, um, we have some really right. young, talented young guards too. So, hey. The valley, the valley gonna have to watch out too. <laughs> hey, hey, you wanna any shout outs before you wanna hop off, Tony? Anybody you wanna give a shout out to before you uh, uh well, you hop off? That might that might end up listening to, to this. Family. I don't know if they'll probably listen to it, but shout out to my family. Uh, yeah, and that's it, really. Family and all the coaches. <laughs> shout out to and said. How about TV. what about said? Hey, at Robbie, at Connor. <laughs> Because uh, I'm pretty sure they definitely listen to it. <laughs> and last one at Brendan Mullins. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, and then uh, hey, real quick before you hop off, is my boy uh, 
Is uh, Justin Ensley down yes. there? Is he uh, managing yeah, for you guys still, little Justin? Awesome job, man. Managing. He's yeah, he's one of the best I've seen. He's a great um, kid. He does really good jobs in here early. Uh, always have the practice stuff out. Um, we're very lucky to have him. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm good friends with with his family, with his dad, and then uh, I was. I saw Justin not too long ago, and uh, he's loving it down there. And he always sent me uh, pictures oh, of you Lord. guys playing uh, in that managers league, and, and you balling out. <laughs> oh, I'm like, Lord. that ain't even fair that Tony's out there playing. <laughs> that right was now. good times when everything was simple. <laughs> right. All right, Tony. Well, All right, hey, thanks thank again, you. man. And uh, we'll talk to you again. soon. Best of luck. Okay, and that was Tony Wills. It was great to get Tony on. Get an update from him. We had a great time talking with him and and kind of getting an update what's going on in his world because we had a we had a great time following him along when he had his career at ISU. So thanks again to Tony for joining us. And at this time, we're gonna roll this into some fun in the sun. We're gonna get an update from Taylor England. Hey Taylor, how we doing? How's it going, boys? What are you guys up to? There he is, Taylor England. Time for fun in the sun. Titty, how you doing? Uh, we're just hanging out at the bar, doing a little line dancing. Throwing <laughs> what are you up to? Is the real question. Know, Thursday night football going on. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm watching this uh, this Thursday night football game. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? you know, a little playoff uh, Anybody? action. We got Derek Carr going down. You guys, uh, you guys tuned in? Oh, we're tuned in. All right. Uh, hey, are no. You, is anybody no, in that bar right getting good college am, football uh, picks this weekend or no? So he's uh, he's hedging and watching. Nobody's got any uh, solidified plays right now, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do have a, a good story, though. I'll, I'll try you and the bookie just so out for a Thursday night, huh? Apparently, the bookie and uh, my buddy are out hanging out at the bar, and some some blonde at the bar shouts out uh, on Monday Night Football goes there's my 500 bucks on uh, over a half uh, over half rushing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson and obviously he had two on Monday night and uh, apparently that sparked a fling between my friend and, and this hot blonde at the bar yeah r- romantic gambling you know, it doesn't get any better than that but yeah that's that's the, that's the maybe you should just start shouting out plays today yeah, maybe it'll lead something for you but Anyways, let's uh, let's get to my picks. I can get back inside. Uh, so this week, let's start with college football. Um, I got to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of this college football board, and I'm not a huge fan of this pick either. Uh, but we got to start changing some things up. So we're going to go Notre Dame plus ten and a half with the points. That's a possession and a half game. You know, the two and the three. It should not be a possession. All right. Game. So uh, I I like that. What do you guys think about that play? Anybody on? I, I do like that one. <laughs> I, I, I do Jake's like that play. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, we'll move on to the NFL. <laughs> NFL. This is uh, this is a new system I got going. <laughs> if you guys want to hear about my system, so I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start blindly creating. Yeah, let's hear the system here. So I created <laughs> the Kansas City line at minus six and a half. And they're currently sitting minus three against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so that is a lock. That is the titty lock of the week. Uh, Kansas City minus three. Put the house on it. 
Put the kids, put the kids' college fund on it, Jake. We're we're going big. If if all right, if you're perfect, creating so. lines, I want every part of it. That, that great great line there. I'll give you New Orleans plus six and a half if you want. <laughs> I'm, and, uh, not only not only is exactly, he make yeah. his own yeah. line, he's starting his own book. Call with me for his, action with his lines. With his lines, <laughs> alternate lines. <laughs> Oh, I want every line right. in the Sounds good. Well, I got I got to get back to my beer. You guys have a good night and uh, good luck on your bets. Merry Christmas, Lee. I'll see you guys see you, soon. Teddy. And how about that fun in the sun segment, huh, boys? That was uh <laughs> that is the titty that I was thinking about getting on this podcast. That was his best performance of the year. <laughs> Making lines, got to love it. Imagine that guy, guy, guy starts drinking and going out again, and then that's the best. Oh, thing. He performs his best. He said, "I'm making my own line." You guys, I got a system. I got a, his system. He's <laughs> making his own lines. That's unbelievable. Oh, that's great. All right, let's hop into some college football. Big championship weekend. We're going to talk about. We're going to touch on the the Power Five conferences and what you guys like in there. And then I'm going to ask each of you uh, to give me a winner from each conference championship game. No spread. Nothing, just one word answer. Need a winner, and we're going to tally this up, and then we'll see who has uh, the better weekend between Cat and Jake. All right, and then uh, then we'll get you guys our board, and then uh, we'll finish thing up. Sound good, guys? Let's roll. All right, let's do it. Okay, first one. Let's let's talk about the big one, um, and that is the ACC championship: Notre Dame and Clemson. The big rematch. Trevor Lawrence is back and playing. Clemson gets their guy, some of their defensive guys back. That is the ABC 3 p.m. game. And it looks like Notre Dame is getting 10 and a half against the Clemson Tigers. That's the same spread that it was two years ago when they met in the college football playoff. And we know how that went. Clemson routed them 30 to three boys. We got any thoughts, Jake, you got any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I got a, I got a quick question for, for both of you guys. Does this line, if, if you're a line maker, you're in Vegas, does this line not just not scream, please take Notre Dame because we know, we know Clemson is just going to roll. Like, are they, are they wanting, like, like, I just, I'm confused by this line. It's way too much. Is it like, what, like, what, what's your initial thought on the line? Well, they're going to take Clemson money. Well, a hundred percent. I just, I just don't. So I that's just, why that's what the line is. They got to, you know what I mean? That's, it just, it's, it's even it out. It's just too much. I agree. No, I, I agree. I think it's too much. Ten and a half is too many. I like Notre Dame personally, and I've been really high on Clemson all year, but um, listen, Clemson hasn't been able to, run the ball that well. Clemson's O-line's not as good. They got a lot of new guys on the line this year. They haven't gotten much push up front. Travis Etienne's unbelievable, but I mean, what, the first time, the first time they played Notre Dame, didn't he have, I think he had 18 rushes for like right around 30 yards only. Um, so, I mean, this, this Notre Dame defense has proven that they're elite. I mean, they shut down Etienne the first time and, and uh, they shut down North Carolina two weeks ago. I mean, North Carolina's offense is elite. It might be better than Clemson's. And they held them scoreless in the second half. I mean, they only scored 17 in the first half. So, um, I mean, the best unit on the field might be that Notre Dame defense. So, I, well, I and Notre Dame seems like too much. And Notre Dame really controls the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, man. I mean, both sides, yeah. And is there a di- is is there any difference in this? Is Clemson were they missing any linemen on either side of the ball when they played them last time? No, they were missing. I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence, but I think they were missing yeah. two starting linebackers, which was the big deal. Yeah, yeah. that's that 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 I say that that's the biggest piece that that they were missing is the two linebackers. I mean, Venable's kid was playing linebacker, and I mean, he's literally only there because of obviously his dad. So I mean, he he's not very good, but I mean, the two linebackers that they have back, 
are you know very very good. I expect them to be you know game changers in the game. Um, what do you think about the total? I think it's at like sixty cat. I mean, you, you, I mean, I, last time we saw what a forty-four to forty finish. You think it's going to be a lot low, low scoring then, or do you think it's going to be right around the same? Yeah, you got to remember that last time I also went to double overtime, so you got yep. cheap true, points there. True. Um, so you got you got some cheap points there. I I think the total looks pretty good. I don't I don't think it favors either way, in my opinion. So yeah, um, I don't I don't have anything on the total honestly because I could see that Notre Dame's defense controlling it and it stays a lower scoring game. Notre Dame can run the ball pretty well, but I could also see them getting into a shootout at one quarter and one point and a couple of big scores and, you know, it goes over. So I'm, I don't have anything on the total. Yeah, I honestly don't either. I just was curious just because I know a lot of people saw they're going to look at the line and say, wow, uh, you know, last time was 44 to 40. But once again, you make two good points there about the OT and then, um, yeah, I mean, getting into a shootout. So. Okay, so it sounds like you guys are both leaning on the uh, Notre Dame side in that ten and a half, huh? Correct. Correct. Which yep. I didn't think I'd be there. I did not. I've been saying all along Clemson, Clemson, but when that came out double digits, that's too many. Okay, so let's move on to Big Ten then. Speaking of double digits, looks like Northwestern Ohio State they're playing at eleven a.m. for the Big Ten championship, and looks like at this time Northwestern is getting twenty points against Ohio State Buckeyes. You guys got any thoughts on that, Cat? Uh, I have no play on this game personally. I think I've tried to fade Ohio State three years in a row in the Big Ten title game and lost every year. So um, I think the last time these two teams met, Jake, I think we watched the game at Ulrich's uh, Rebellion in downtown Peoria. Uh, remember they had – didn't it wasn't like a pick six or something late in the game to get the cover, and we, we had Northwestern. Uh, I this game that. comes down – yeah, that was brutal. It was a bad beat. It was, I think it was on Stanford Steve and, and, uh, and SVP's bad beats. But I think this game's going to come down to – Ohio State offensive line versus Northwestern defense. Um, I mean, Northwestern's defense is elite as well. I, I don't think they're going to be able to stop Ohio State completely. Um, I, I I don't have a play. If I did play it, I would lean Northwestern, but I don't I don't I don't trust Ohio State. I don't trust Northwestern either. So I think if there's any year that Northwestern has a chance to cover in the Big Ten championship. I know we've been fading Ohio State, but this year just kind of seems like I don't think. I don't think Ohio State's as good this year, man. Like, I really don't. They haven't played anybody. I know they're talented, but um, I think Northwestern, they're going to come in with a little chip on their shoulder. they got a little bit better offense than what they've had in the past. We know their defense is really good. I think that they can for sure cover the 20, and I think if I'm going to play it, I might just play the first half. I'm not sure what that number is in the first half, um, but I think we can see Northwestern come out and keep it close, especially in the first half, um, and maybe Ohio State pulls away at the end. So I'm going to look at a first-half number. But I, I do like Northwestern and the Cats getting 20. What about you, Jake? Yeah. Um, I, I went back and forth with this about 20 times today when I was looking through lines, and I actually did put a little bit on a little bit on Northwestern at 20 and a half. Um, I got the hook. But, yeah, I mean, you know, how, how Northwestern covers this game is they're going to have to have to muddy it up. I mean, they're going to have to – they're going to have to, you know, really kind of – get a defensive push up front. They're going to have to just kind of corral the athletes and, and you know, Ohio state's going to get, you know, going to get theirs here and there. Uh, but, you know, can they, can they stop them in the red zone? Can they get, you know, a, a three and out? Can they do those things on defense? And I think that like, you know, like Chuck said, I think if this is the year to do it, or if they're going to do it a year, this is going to be their, the year that they're going to do it. Um, where I am a little nervous is I don't think their offense if they, if this gets into any sort of a shootout, their offense cannot score with them. So um, you're going to know right away. I mean, I think you're going to know after about, 
you know, halfway point of the first quarter, kind of what this looks like. Um, obviously that can change very quickly, but you're going to be able to see if the athletes that Northwestern has can, can kind of hang with, with Ohio <clears throat> state. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested in, you know, it's 11 a.m. Start. I don't know. I, I I'm feeling a, a Northwestern uh, cover there at least. All right. I, what's don't big? I don't, yeah, I don't disagree. You like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I like it. No, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to play it, but if I had to play, I would definitely lean Northwestern. I would not take Ohio state. Absolutely not. Yeah. All right, Big 12, and I, I think this is one of the better matchups of the entire day, and it's kind of getting slept on because of all the other things that's going on around it. But that is uh, Iowa State and Oklahoma, and you see Ohio, uh, Iowa State up there in the college football rankings. They got them up there pretty high, and I, I'm not mad against it. You know, people are like, oh, they lost to, uh, you know, lost to ULL, and I'm like, well, hey, they're, ULLs, they're playing in the conference championship, and they're ranked like 18th in the nation. And if you look deeper into that game, they didn't, they didn't get dominated. They had a couple um, special teams errors that really hurt them. And then they lost, a, you know, a coin flip game there in, against Oklahoma State. And, you know, Oklahoma State wasn't a bad team this year. So, Iowa State's been clicking. And then, um, you know, Oklahoma, obviously, they've kind of they've turned it around since their losses. And they've kind of got it going, too. Their defense is playing much better. So, that looks like that is a five-and-a-half point spread. Iowa State getting the five-and-a-half against Oklahoma. If I were to play it, I'm on the Cyclones, man. I – I think this is the this is the year Campbell's got those boys. Uh, they got them going. Hall's running it well. Um, they got veteran guys on both sides of the ball. So if I had to play it, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna lean Iowa State. What about you, Jake? Yeah. Um, this this is an, like you said. This this is an intriguing game. Um, I went back and forth. I, obviously, I know that Oklahoma's had their had their struggles on defense, um, but I mean their defense has been better this well, year. Well, c- correct, but. You know, di- didn't they fire somebody at the beginning of the year, or or what? what wasn't there something that happened? That was last, was it last year. Last year, last year they got they got a new defensive coordinator in there, and they've got him going a little okay. bit. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I think I think that you know Iowa State, like you said, they they just seem like they have it rolling this year a little bit. Um, I don't know. This game scares me. I don't like pick, betting against Oklahoma in the uh, in the in the uh, the conference title here. I, I'm going to stay away from it. I was really leaning towards it. Let me say this. If I had to play the game, I would play, I would play Iowa state, but uh, I'm just going to stay away. I went back and forth too many times. What about you? Yeah, Charlie, Charlie, you mentioned um, ULL. You look at that box score. I believe it was ULL had three non-offensive touchdowns. In they that did. Game. Um, yep. Yeah. I think they, I think they had two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown. So, yep. I mean, obviously that's a bad loss for Iowa state. I mean, it is, it's a bad mm-hmm. loss, but, but you, you look at it that way. It's, it's, it's acceptable, I guess. Listen, I, Matt Campbell, I believe, is five and zero against the spread versus Oklahoma in his career. He is. Yep. Um, so you know, you beat I, me to Iowa it. State, I was going to throw that out there too. Yeah, Iowa State runs a three three five defense, and you know that kind of defense is is kind of built to stop. He brought that in to kind of stop the those those Big Twelve offenses. Um, yep. So it's kind of built to stop at Oklahoma. I haven't put a play in on this game. I do like Iowa State, but it's just sitting at a dead number at five and a half. There's really right. no need for me to play it there. So if it was to get back up over six, I think I would play Iowa State. Um, but I, I don't have a play on it as of now, but I, I do lean Iowa State. I'm looking forward to the game, though. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, and, and it's kind of being, like I said, it's being slept on compared to some of the other games. But I'm going to be tuned into that, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one more thing on that. What that game's going to come down to is both of those quarterbacks are, are very solid quarterbacks, but both of them struggle against pressure. So if either team can create more pressure, um, both, both quarterbacks' per- completion percentages drop off dramatically versus, versus when you get pressure on them. So um, that's, that's what ultimately what that game's going to come down to. And, and Iowa State's been able to get pressure. So 
And Iowa State's going to run the rock, too, against Oklahoma. We'll see if Oklahoma can stop them from running the ball. Okay? All right, SEC. Uh, you know, this game kind of – we were talking last week, us three were texting, we were a little upset about how it happened with Florida losing LSU. You know, hey, good for LSU. They, you know, they got in there with, with, um, with a clean head and, and played hard and got a nice win on the road. But, man, it kind of just took, took away from the hype of this big SEC game and playoff implications. Um, I don't know. I mean, Florida maybe still has a chance to, if they're SEC champs to get themselves into the playoff. But it looks like they're getting 17 and a half. Is that what you guys are seeing? I saw 17 and a half today against uh, Alabama. That's the SEC game at 7 p.m. Kat, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a game I, I haven't put an official play in yet either, but I do have something I'm looking at. Um, listen, we don't know what the ceiling of Bama is. I mean, Bama has covered eight of their last nine against the spread. I mean, obviously they've won them all, but they've covered eight of nine. So Vegas can't seem to set the line high enough against this team. Um, there hasn't been anyone that's been able to stop them all year. And Florida definitely isn't going to be able to stop them because their defense is wretched. I mean, LSU ran it up on them last week, and LSU yes. hasn't been able to score on anybody. So um, I'm looking – personally, I'm looking at uh, Alabama team total over. I believe it's uh, sitting around 45. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's a play I'm looking at because Florida's going to try to move the ball. They have to. That's the only way they can, they can keep up. They're going to try to outscore you. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to, so I think Bama's just going to keep the foot on the accelerator. And uh, I, I think they're going to hang up a 50-burger easy. Okay. Yeah. And is this line different because of their law Florida's loss last week that was shoot? Do you think yes. if they didn't lose, it's way it's way lower? Not way lower, but it's probably thirteen, fourteen instead of seventeen. Well, the I I mean the line the, is too high. The line is too high, but I just can't you can't you can't, you again we have Bama's been covering every week. We don't know what Bama's ceiling is, so you can't I can't put better. And the, the line the line yeah. opened at fourteen and it got bet all the way up to seventeen and a half. So I mean, is it – so I guess to your point, Chuck, I mean, is it a little overreaction from last week too? Is that – I mean, is 17, 17 and a half too high? I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I do know about this game, and, and I've watched both teams, you know, quite a bit this year, is that um, Florida, Florida's not going to be able to stop Alabama. I mean, their, their defense is really bad. So, I mean, if you're, if you're going to look at any sort of, you know – I agree with Kat 100%. I, I think they're, they're going to hang 50 on them. And it, it honestly could get – I mean, they, they could get into the 60s and, and maybe, honestly, into the 70s. And the only reason I say that is is because Florida is going to have to, to, to push the issue and, and just continue to throw the rock and, and try to outscore them. And I just don't – I don't see how they can do that. So, I mean, if, if you're looking at this, I know you're going to see 74 and a half and you're going to be scared. I, I, I don't – wouldn't hesitate on that. And, and it, to Kat's point as well, I love that play, Kat. I think that – um, an Alabama team team over is 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 a great play in that spot. Man, and Alabama's defense, boys, has improved tremendously the second half of the season. Saban's got his hands on that defense, that young defense, and they are playing way much better. And I think that's the difference in this game is that Alabama's defense is going to show up ready to go. And um, it, it's going to be tough for Florida. But I've been riding them all year. 17 and a half seems like a, like a high number. So I, I don't know if I had to play it again I, I might be leaning and I'm I'm worried that um, the trend for me is I'm leaning towards all these underdogs and man underdogs usually do not perform well in conference championship games so um, we'll we'll see quick, what happens on Saturday okay anything else no quick, I got nothing quick else question on that game. is is um is Florida Florida's tight end playing what's his I'm trying to get his name Pitts yeah okay, Pitts yeah, is Pitts, playing yes. Pitts is playing. But, you know, Bama's got, Bama's got a slot corner that's been locking guys down all year. I don't know his name off the top of my yeah. head. I was listening to something. And, I mean, he's 
He's that's going to be a really tough matchup for for Kyle Pitts. They have someone that can actually maybe match up. Well, and I I agree with you, but at the same time, the guy's a freak, and he kind of just you know he spreads the field a little bit when he's out there. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he makes he makes a huge difference in the game, but the guy is the guy's a first round talent type guy. So I mean, you got to watch out for him. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying if they can if they can hold him to maybe two less catches, it's it dramatically affects their offense. We saw it happen last week. Absolutely. So absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, then the last big one that we wanted to touch on is the Pac-12. It looks like Oregon snuck their way in there. Um, who was that? Washington that didn't have enough players to compete. So they're going to have Oregon's in there. They are getting three points against USC, 7 p.m. game. Guys, Kat, what do you think? You got anything on that? Yeah, I like the Ducks here getting the points. This is um, this is more of a fate of USC than a play on Oregon. Um, I know USC's 5-0. and They've had a nice season. I'm not taking anything away from them. But, you know, start the year, they struggled against Arizona State. They struggled against Arizona. Um, you know, they won last week in dramatic fashion. Um, but po- uh, post-game win percentage, they should have won. They put them at like a 4%. So you play the game 100 times, they win four times. So um, it's USC's kind of been a little bit lucky, uh, late game dramatics. So um, Oregon's coming off of a bye as well. They didn't play last week. So I know that they just found out they were playing USC in our start this week. So they didn't really get to prepare specifically for USC. Um, but, you know, they should be healthy. They should be fresh. Um, I like their coaching staff coming off the bye there. I do too. I like Oregon getting the three points again. Me, another dog liking, which scares me. But I do like the spot here um, with Oregon, kind of a team that wasn't supposed to be there. And here they are. And um, I know there's not much pressure on USC with, you know, with them only playing so many games this season. But – I do like the Ducks uh, getting their three points. I was thinking maybe it goes up a little bit, maybe some late money hits on USC, but no, we'll see what I happens. Think this, I think this line ends lower than three. Think so? I think this line closes below three. Okay. Jake, you got anything on the back um, Not a ton. I mean, if I had to play the game, I think I would, I would kind of lean with you guys and go go Oregon, Oregon route there. Um, just, you know, like Kat said, I mean, USC hasn't been too impressive in their wins, but – um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from this game, but if I, if I absolutely had to play it, I would, I would lean Oregon. Okay. All right, boys. Any other thoughts before I get your, uh, your winner's pick for these, uh, conference championship game? I got nothing else on the conference championships. Okay. All right. We'll touch on a few games after we run through these conference championships. Okay. So I'm not going to decide what the winner gets or what the loser has to do. I'll let you guys figure that out this week. Maybe we'll tweet it out. Um, Wait, well, you're not you picking these pick. either? You're not no, picking this these? No, is, this is between you two right here. I'm going to rally them off, and it's you two. And uh, we'll see We'll see who it is. Do you want me to pick, Kat? Yeah, I thought you were hopping in. I thought that was – yeah, I thought we were going to have a little fun. Okay. All right. If there's a, if there's a debate, I'll, I'll hop in and settle it. But I want to roll through this. One-word answers, guys. One-word answers. You don't got to say anything else. No spread. It's just who's going to win the game. Okay? All right, first one, UAB versus Marshall. Jake. Marshall. Cat. I didn't know we were doing these conferences. Uh-huh. Uh, Marshall. Okay, both of you guys going Marshall. Head to the map. Ball State, Buffalo. Cat. Buffalo. Buffalo. Jake. Okay, both on Buffalo. Pac-12, Oregon, USC. Jake. Oregon. Oh, Jake, that was my upset. God damn I just it. said I liked him. Give me a break here. Come on. We'll, ha- we'll have some differences. Don't worry. I'm taking Oregon too. Okay, so nothing, nothing yet. But don't worry, I'm I'm gonna get you guys on a couple of these. Northwestern, Ohio State. You guys both taking Ohio yeah. State, I'm assuming. 
Yep. Okay. Big twelve. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Cat. Iowa State. I'll, uh, I'll take I'll take Spencer Rattler then. Give me give me Oklahoma. Jake's gonna go Oklahoma. Cat's gonna take the underdog and Iowa State. Great. Hey, uh, how about a little fun belt here? Fun belt here. ULL, Coastal Carolina, Cat. Shants, baby. Um, Jake. I'll roll ULL. I'm not scared. Jake's gonna go ULL. Listen, All right. it's. Man, a guy that a, a guy that's been big on uh, on on the shots all year long. They didn't look good last week. Huh? A little letdown spot there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they got it out of the way. Okay, ACC, Clemson, Notre Dame, Cat. Clemson wins. Close one. Close one. Closer than the experts think, huh? Yeah, closer than the experts think. It's right. What about oh, you, Jake? oh man, Bill Kemper's gonna kill me for this, but Clemson. I thought maybe – that was the one before I did this. I thought we might get Jake to bite. Okay, American, Cincinnati, Tulsa. Jake. I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to take Tulsa. Give me Tulsa. Wow. 14 and a half point dog. Jake's going like to take Tulsa. Tulsa. All right, I'll take Kat. Cincy. I'll take Cincy. Okay. You guys both taking Bama, yeah. it sounded like. Yeah. Okay, both. And then last one here. Uh, how about the old Mountain West? Boise State versus San Jose State. That line is San Jose State's getting six and a half um, against Boise. I Jake? love San Jose State. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'll up. take Boise. Jake. I'll take Boise. Okay. All right. So I got these written down. We'll hop in there. We'll see who ends up having more wins um, at the end of the weekend. But uh, it sounds like Jake likes – Take some money line on some of these big dogs. He's looking, looking to make some money this week. Round robin money line parlay, fellas. Watch out. (laughs) All right, perfect. Okay, so before we give our board, I'm going to open up the floor here to both you guys. If there's any other things you want to talk about college football-wise, any games you like this weekend. And, uh, Kat, I'll let you go first. Anything else you want to touch on before you name your board? We'll do that at the end. Yeah, there's one game I like, Chucky. Uh, Air Force Army. I know this looks like a letdown spot for Army here coming off the biggest game of the year against Navy. Um, But, you know, they're playing Air Force. This is also a big game. Uh, They're playing for the Commander-in-Chief trophy. So it's it's huge, huge game here. I'm confused as why Army's getting three. I feel like Army should be giving three. So, um, yeah, I scooped up Army taking the points there. I'm very confused on that line. Anytime you get the two triple option teams going at it, I think there's value in the dog. Um, it's a trophy game, so we'll, hungry dogs run faster. <laughs> Love it. All right, Jake, anything, any other games you want to you wanna talk about real quick before we finish this thing up? Yeah, the only, only line that I'm, I guess I'm a little confused about, too, and, and I know we've talked about this here you know, before, but a little, little confused by the Missouri line. I, I know, you know some of the experts make it a lot closer, but – you know, I, I, Mississippi State's just been really bad. What are they, you know, what are they playing for type thing? You know, I think, you know, Missouri, Missouri's looked better. I think they have better athletes and it just, the line doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's, I think it's open at minus two and now it's down to minus one, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I, it just, I, I know we talked about this, you know, not on the pod here, but um, earlier, but just, just seems like a really weird line to me. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards Missouri. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at the two. It's an interesting line. I don't know 
what that's all about. I think but Missouri's yeah, just line. more. Missouri's just uh, going to be me, more motivated there. I, Mike Leach has made comments about this season. Basically, this season sucks. Like he's, you know, the COVID season sucks. I don't yeah. think Mississippi State even wants to play. So, okay, for for me, a, cute, a few games that I like that I was looking at um, is I like Wake Forest. I think they're playing against Florida State. I think Florida State is completely checked out for the year. And Wake Forest kind of has a has a decent offense with their quarterback over there. So I'm looking at Wake Forest. Uh, they're minus six and a half. I'm also looking at uh, Marshall, Marshall minus five and a half in that in that CUSA championship game against UAB, and then um, and then boys ILL baby getting 15 at Happy Valley against Penn State, and I think Penn State is one of those teams again. No, their offense has been better, but they seem to be a little checked out as well. Kind of leaning towards the uh, towards the line, I getting some points there. So uh, with that being said, let's roll into our board here. Our Drew Bill, I need winners recap. Let's have uh, let's have Jake. You go first. Board's yours, buddy. Yeah. So uh, for this week, I'm gonna go. Let's go uh, Mizzou minus one. Um, I think I'd open it two, but I got it at minus one here. Let's go. Uh, let's go Northwestern plus twenty and a half. And then uh, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take San Jose State. Let's do uh, let's do plus six and a half there. I got it at seven, but I think it's at six and a half right now. What a board. All right. Yeah, nice board, Jay. What about you, Cat? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the Oregon Ducks getting the three. Uh, really like them out west. We're fading USC. Uh, I like Army also getting three. Look for them to win outright. Might throw those two in a little round robin parlay with a couple others. Um, last one. Last one. I'm deciding between the Bama team over and Clemson Notre Dame. I'm gonna go with Notre Dame plus ten and a half. Okay, there so you go. All, Cat. Do- all dogs, all dogs this week. Cat's been hot. Cat's been hot the last few weeks. So need um, points. Need all the points. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, my three, the, the three that I kind of just talked about is I'm gonna go Wake Forest minus six and a half. I'm gonna take Marshall minus five and a half. I think they're gonna be able to cover. And then I'm gonna take I L L getting fifteen at Penn State. Give me the line. I get fifteen. So. Charlie, I'm a little um, disappointed we couldn't get one conference championship out of you. You know, I, I was looking at uh, Northwestern, but Jake threw it on his board, so I left that out. And then I was expecting I was, Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, that would be the one if I was going to play it. I like I like the clones. I like the clones. So uh, take it for what it's worth. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, okay, little, little Christmas fun here before we uh, before we head out. Uh, let me hear. Let me hear your guys's. Give me your top Christmas movie, cat. Top Christmas movie. Yeah, I have I have a one A and a one B. One uh, A is the Santa Claus, uh, the first one, clearly the best one. Two and three are okay, but number one, Tim Allen there, and then I like the Grinch. That's the 1B. the original one. Yeah, the 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 not the animated, the Jim Carrey one. So like the real okay. life one. Okay, Jake, what about you? Yeah, I I gotta agree. Jim Jim, Jim Carrey Grinch is definitely number one for me. You know, I, I used to really love uh, – used to love Elf, and I, I still do, but just just a little overplayed for me these days, so uh, definitely going to go with the Grinch. Okay. Uh, for me, it's not even a – it's not even a competition. There's there's no other way for me to say it besides Home Alone. Home Alone, Kevin McAllister, uh, South Bend Shovel Slayer. He'll be pulling for the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish this weekend, and uh, – that's a that's a no brainer for me. That's the, that's the least shocking pick of the weekend. That should be on your board, bud. <laughs> <laughs> if I could put home alone on my board each week, I would. All right, that that's uh that's top notch stuff. 
All right, favorite Christmas tradition. Um, for me, I'll go first here. For me, it, it's going to be a little bit different this year, but a, a Christmas tradition for me is is uh, the holiday co- um, high school basketball tournaments. No matter where you go watch at, whether it's, uh, you know, Pekin and Bloomington for the State Farm or in Pontiac, uh, I love that Christmas gets over with and it goes straight into high school hoop tournaments. It's a, it's a great time of the year to get in there and see some jam-packed gyms and some good basketball. Um, and especially for me as a coach, it's a, it's a fun, um, it's a fun week there. And then the other one for me is I'll give you two. Another tradition is getting drunk on Christmas day and, uh, and betting on NBA basketball. I love, I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball, but I'm always watching NBA basketball on Christmas day. So, uh, those are my two. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to real quick touch on is, um, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to use our U high passes this year so far, cat. I'm a little, little upset with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, anyways, I'll, I'll move on. Uh, yeah, trust my, me, you guys. You guys' name is on the pass list every year. For well, everybody doesn't know. I always, I, I get a pass list and I put Cat Jake on there um, every year. I, I'm, I was kind of hoping that they would be a, a few more home games, but hey, you know, this guy hasn't lost a home game at U High in his last uh, two years, so I thought maybe they'd come checks out some more. But it's I all think right. we need a next next podcast. We'll have a segment on Chuck's Chuck's coaching record at U High. It's, it's something, it's something of, le- it's, it's a, it's like a myth almost. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's something special. Let me tell it's you. something special. It's something of legends. Oh. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh God. All right. Stop stroking his ego. Uh, my, I got good players. <laughs> my, uh, so I don't, I don't, you know, looking back at the years, uh, you know, I, I have, obviously I have some, some favorite traditions. Um, but I think what I'm most excited for this year is in obviously having, you know, my daughter here, and obviously she's nowhere close to of the age of opening up her own presence or anything like that yet, but just kind of starting a new family tradition with uh, with my own family here is going to be something that's probably going to be really special to me and really looking forward to kind of starting that out this year. That's good stuff, Jake. That's heartwarming stuff. Uh, she might be able to open those presents. I tell you, these kids, they're intuitive. If I uh, if if I if I didn't get one person one one podcast listener out there to shed a tear with that, I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get. There's a couple softies out there that listen. We'll we'll get oh. some. Hashtag girl dad. <laughs> what about you, cat? Uh, mine's pretty simple. Uh, mom, mom's lasagna on uh, Christmas Eve. Cat is, is so. Is Connie not not whipping up any other time besides Christmas Eve? Or uh, not? No, Chuck. This is like homemade lasagna, man. She oh, like it takes deal. like hours for her to make this. Whoa, yeah, whoa, it's a wait a minute. Does like the noodles are homemade too? Uh, that I'm not 100. percent Sauce is all be- homemade. Because um, I got to be honest, lasagna is not hard to make. So if it's if it's if she's making the noodles too, that's impressive. But mom if it's, slaves, the real mom deal. slaves away at the lasagna. Let me tell you. Well, she also makes multiple pans because we we freeze that. <laughs> Make it again later. It's too good not to. There you go, cat. Cat little uh, favorite thing Christmas mom makes. Tradition. Yep, favorite thing okay. mom makes. Okay. All right, boys. Well, hey, that's all I got. Uh, I got actually, I got one shout out. I want to give. I want to give a shout out to my cousin Joe Collins. Uh, he's been listening to the podcast. He's been asking me um, what games it takes. So he's been listening, and uh, he also just hooked me up with a with a Christmas present for for Big Chuck. Got him some new golf spikes for Christmas. Hopefully, Big Chuck doesn't listen this week. But uh, shout out Joe Collins, Lenny Golf, hooking it up. You guys got anything? I'm good. Uh, shout out Creighton Blue Jays. They cover tonight. <laughs> shout out Creighton Blue Jays. You heard it here. Omaha, right. somewhere, Omaha, somewhere in middle America. 
listeners, if we don't if we don't get back on here next week, we wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Best of luck. Enjoy your college football weekend. Cat, go ahead and take us out of here. Yep. Hey, good luck this weekend, everybody. Uh, remember, the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs>